0: Amen. You can have a seat. How many of you were here a couple weeks ago when Kathy talked about blackberry pie and her really fine communion meditation? Several of you remember that, right? Well, I don't want to talk about blackberry pie. I want to talk about pot roast today. Okay. For years, I looked for a really good pot roast recipe. We had made some pot roasts, and honestly, they were not very good. They were tough and dry, and i just about given up. But I finally found a recipe, and it turns out perfect. I mean, the meat is tender and juicy. It falls off the bone. You make it with these big, chunky vegetables, and it makes its own gravy. I love it, but we don't make it very often. And you know, it's not because it's super hard, it's actually pretty simple. If you have basic cooking knowledge and a decent chuck roast, you're ready to roll. The reason we don't make it very often is because it takes like half a day, okay? I mean, you got to plan, you got to make sure it's thought out first of all, but then you got to start at least three hours ahead of when you're going to eat to get this pot roast just the way it's supposed to be. And We Most of us just don't live that way most days, do we? I mean, we got stuff to do and we can't spend half a day on one meal. And so when you go to the grocery store, you see a lot of instant, microwavable, frozen stuff that you can make ready in just a few minutes, no preparation, no thawing out, no planning ahead, no three hours. It's not as good as my pot roast, I can tell you but it's necessary for the lives that a lot of us lead, right? Now, whether that's good or bad is not our issue today, but it does point to something important about us and about our culture. And that's that we love instant gratification. We like what we want when we want it. And the when is pretty much now, right? We like what we want when we want it. And if now is possible, that's what we want instant gratification anymore we don't want to have to go to a movie theater although that would be nice once in a while if it could actually happen we don't go to movie stores right because they don't exist anymore if we decide we want to watch a movie we want to be watching that movie by the time the popcorn is done of course in the microwave right we want to be able to stream it right now If we want to get a book, we choose our book, we want to be reading that book on our device within a matter of seconds. And we can do just that. Instant gratification. We want what we want when we want it. That's the culture we live in. And I think that bleeds over in our understanding and our relationship with God. Because in many ways, we want God to give us what we want, when we want it. And we'd really like for that to be now. And it's hard to understand why Jeff Bezos can give me what I want when I want it. And God doesn't do that, right? We're asking that question. We want God to be a little bit like a heavenly vending machine, right? So if I give God what we think, what I think He wants, which is like me not sinning and me doing good stuff, so if I give God all that, God should give me back what I want when I want it, instant gratification from him. But the truth is, God doesn't always work that way. Now, there's once in a while, God acts in a powerful, immediate way. And I don't want to limit God from doing that because he certainly can do that. But more often than not, we have to wait for God. We have to allow God to work on his time frame and know that there's a reason that he's working on that schedule and maybe a reason that we have a different schedule. And that can be really hard for us to accept, but that's reality. So, today I want us to think about that. How do we as people who like what we want when we want it deal with a God who doesn't always respond to us in the time frame that we want? Today we continue. We finish up this series that I've called Reset. We've begun this new year. It's hard to believe we're already on the last day of the new year, but we are. And so we've begun the year thinking about resetting our lives. Not so much resetting the world, because it's clear that's not possible, but allowing God to reset some key things about us so that we're becoming the people He wants us to be and doing the things that He wants us to do so that this year can be a really good year serving God as individuals and serving God together. And so today I want us to think about how we can reset our understanding of how God acts and maybe develop some patience waiting for God, as hard as that sometimes is. And to do that... In a minute, we're going to turn to the book of Galatians. It's a letter that Paul wrote to actually several different churches in the region of Galatia. So probably several cities in Galatia. It may be that Paul has not even been to these churches. We're not sure. So he may be writing to some Christians he never met. But he knows that these Christians haven't always had it easy. And so they've struggled. They've had some opposition. And they're tired. Paul understands that. He knows that sometimes we do get weary in and doing what we know we should be doing, even when we're facing opposition. And so at the end of the letter, he's writing about the fact that you're going to reap what you sow. Now, Paul has been clear in Galatians. It's like he's getting ready to write the big book of Romans, which covers this in more detail. But listen, you can't earn your salvation. He's really clear about that in Galatians, right? You can't do enough good to earn eternal life. With God, And you can certainly not do enough good to cover the bad that you've done. So that's not possible. We only receive eternal life because it's been offered by God through the blood of Jesus. Because Jesus paid the price for our sins, we can spend eternity with God. That's the gift that we've been offered. And all we can, re- can do is receive that gift. Paul's clear about that. But he's also clear here at the end of the book that God pays attention to what we do. And he's also clear that there are consequences for our actions. Our actions lead to certain consequences, sometimes almost immediate, sometimes stretched out over time, sometimes eternal. Okay. So with all that in mind, Paul begins to deal with this question of waiting on God and how sometimes we get tired in the midst of that wait. So Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, Paul says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's a couple of important points there. First of all, don't get get weary in doing good. Have you ever been weary? Have you ever been just tired of like doing what's right? You look around and there are people who don't really seem to be Trying that hard to do something good. In fact, they're just doing whatever. And you look at their lives and think, man, man, maybe you're not even thinking, I'd like to get out and do something really bad today, okay? That might not be your goal. But you're thinking, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired of always trying to figure out what's the right thing to do. And I'm tired of trying to find the discipline to do the right thing. I'm just worn out of that. And apparently these early Christians that Paul is writing to, they got weary too. So if that's how you feel, you're not the first. There have been Christians who've been dealing with that for something like 2,000 years. And Paul addresses it here. He says, don't get weary in doing good. I mean, there are times when it feels like we're, we're really doing what we think is right. We're helping people. We're trying to be the right people. And nobody even cares. Nobody's noticing. And maybe there are times when we try to do what's right. And we, we're trying to help someone. And the more we help, the more they expect. It's gotten where they almost feel entitled. Like we owe them what we've been giving them from now on. And we're tired of it. Paul says, don't get tired of that. Because at the right time, at the proper time, he says, there will be a reward. Now, we like the idea of reward. We like to hear Paul say, listen, if you do the right things, there's going to be a reward, But what we don't like is this business of the proper time. What we want Paul to say is a date and a time when we can expect God to do something good because we've done good stuff for him. That's not what Paul says. Paul says at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest. You'll receive a reward for doing what's right. Now, what that might mean is, is we see the results of what we're doing, and we see it in our lives. Talk about that a little bit later. But it also might mean that we don't really receive that reward until God makes everything right. Until He brings all things together when Jesus returns. And when we hear that, we think, man, that's, that is a long time to wait, isn't it? I mean, it's a long time to wait and if we're thinking about eternity here. I want an immediate return on this. I like what I want. When I want it. But that's not the way God works. He goes on, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. As we have opportunity, that could be better translated maybe as long as there is opportunity. It's almost as if Paul is thinking about this whole eternal reward thing. And he's saying, listen, there's going to be a time when you can't do any more good because it's over. And we don't know when that's going to be. It could be in an hour, a year, a decade, a millennium. We just don't know when Jesus is going to return. We make guesses, but it seems like those guesses are always wrong. So we just Wait. And Paul's saying, listen, what your responsibility is, as long as Jesus has not returned and as long as you have breath, keep doing good. Okay? Keep doing good because it makes a difference. Keep blessing the people around you. Keep loving God and loving others and there will be a reward and there'll be a result of what you're doing. And he says, do that for all people. When you see people in need, help. But he says, especially in the church. Now, is Paul saying, listen, people in church are way more important than people who are not in church? Well, I think if you look at the ministry of Paul that we see at work in the book of Acts, you know that's not true because Paul was all about reaching people who didn't know Jesus. He was all about drawing them in and helping them understand the love of God. What I think Paul is saying is, look in the church and man, if there's needs there, they should be met. Because we're a community, we're a family. And if we know of a need in the church, that should be dealt with because the world should see that we care about one another. And that's one of the ways they understand we're a people who love God and love others. So we take those two verses. What's the lesson we learn? What do we gain from this passage? I think it's this our reward may not be immediate, it may not be right now but it is real. We may not get what we want when we want it, but God is going to take care of us. And God is going to reward us. There is going to be a harvest to reap for what we've laid out in this life. I think there are three truths that if we can get in our heads, can help us live this out. The first is this, really simple. God is active and present. Now we have been playing that tune throughout this series, haven't we? We've been thinking about the fact that we're not in control, that God is. That God engages us, engages humanity in creation. God made us, he loves us, he pays attention to us, and he's active among us. It's not a God that sits back. He's not a God that sits back and just sort of watches. And whatever turns out, well, man, it's just going to turn out that way. God is a God who is active and engaged in His creation. That means He loves you. He cares about you. He knows when you make sacrifices. He knows when you're really struggling with decisions and trying to do what's right. God pays attention to all that. Okay, He doesn't miss any of that. And in turn we just got to be patient with God. We've got to wait on God. Because the reward may not be immediate. And in fact, when we look in Scripture, what I think is we see example over and over again of people who had to wait on God to keep His promises, had to wait on God to do what He said He would do, but in the end, God was faithful to them. the very first book of the Bible, look at the example of Abraham and Sarah. (laughs) God told Abraham, you're going to be a great nation. You're going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky. And he had no kids. He promised Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a family. Everybody else has their kids? No. All their friends have grandkids. Abraham and Sarah, still nothing. All their friends have great-grandchildren. Nothing. All their friends have great great-grandchildren and they're still nothing. And finally when Abraham is 100 and Sarah is 90, when it seemed impossible, God kept his promise. And their son Isaac was born. Now my guess is Abraham and Sarah they would have chosen to do it differently. My guess is they had a different plan, and I can understand that, because I don't think any of us look forward to being like a new dad at 100, okay? I'll pass on that. But that's what God chose for them, and God kept his promise, and they had a son that fulfilled God's promise, and they did become a great nation. In fact, more than one great nation. God is active and present. Second, you may see the results of your good works in this life. Okay? You may see that what you've done to, to build into the lives of other people, to help other people, you may see the result in this life. In your parenting, you may see that all the work you put in over many years comes to fruition as your kids grow into adulthood and become parents of their own. You may see that. You may see the sacrifices that you've made for your spouse build a strong relationship. You may see that. You may see in your ministry, if you work with kids, or maybe you're a teacher, that all the time you put in lives that are younger than yours, eventually, and you see the fruit of all of that the way you've helped people and shown them God's love, you may see that they come to a relationship with Jesus. You may see the results of your good works in this life. Sometimes it works that way. And sometimes it doesn't. Because some people just don't listen to us. And some people, if we're honest, just disappoint us because we build into them, and then they go a different direction. We can't control all that. But here's what I do know, because it's the promise of this passage. You will see the results of your good works in eternity. You're going to see that reward. There are going to be people that, that we all share eternity with, that we all worship God in his presence together because of something that you've done. Now it may not be just you, right? It may be a group of people, but it's going to be partly you because of what you've done. We get to spend eternity together. That's the good news. Now, it feels like, man, I I got to wait for a long time. I got to wait through all this life. Got to wait for Jesus to return, but what Paul is telling us is it is worth it. That at some point, we're going to be part of this great cloud of witnesses, the writer of Hebrews calls it, where we're gathered together with the saints who have lived at all times and are sort of cheering everyone on who comes behind us to finish the race. We get to be part of that. There is a reward that's waiting on you. And that's why Paul says, don't be weary of doing good works. Don't get tired of doing what is right. Because God is still at work. God is still doing good things in you and through you. So keep doing these things. The reward may not be immediate, but it is real. You know, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about resetting our lives. Allowing God to reset the most important things in us. And over and over, we have talked about God being in control. I'm not in control. God is in control. It's as if we're in this stream, and in some ways, in the midst of where we are as a people and a culture and all that stuff in our world, that it's like we want to stop this stream or step out of this stream or do something else, and we just can't. And, And what is so much better is if we just say, you know what? God, just guide me through this. Guide me along in the stream. Take me in the right direction. Because that's what I need. And that will help me become the person you've called me to be and to do what you've called me to do. So let's let God reset us. As we finish this series up this morning, let's recognize that as we do, there's a reward in it. Let's pray together. God, help us to see that you're at work. Uh, you've not forgotten us. Not forgotten us any more than you forgot Abraham and Sarah as those decades passed as they waited on the sun. Not forgotten us any more than you forgot the people of Israel as they waited for hundreds of years for Jesus to come. God, help us to see the reward. Help us to see the prize. Help us to see what you have in store for us. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.